once you start taking the action, magic happens. And the more you focus on what you want to get out of your life, the more things open up. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm back with another live today. And today we're going to be talking about top 10 habits that can be killing your dreams, which is quite a negative title. And we could flip that and say 10 ways, 10 tips for achieving your dreams. So however you want to look at this, it's really looking at things that we do on more of an automatic level that will get in the way of you getting the results you want. Often they're things that we don't really think about. We do them on auto drive and as a result, it gets in the way. So in the line of that, we're going to talk about these things in three separate categories. And the first one is around strategy. And the second one is around taking action, things that get in the way of taking action. And the third category is in your renovating. Okay, so the first one is really activities that stand in the way of your dreams. Now, you can have a goal to impact your life in some way with your renovating and your property. However, the actions that you take are not consistent with that goal. I'm not a morning person. And when I wake up in the morning, something that I do to actually keep me on track is to think about in the mornings, every morning, what my goal is and whether what I, how I'm planning to spend the day is going to get me closer to that goal. And I think that is quite a good way to deal with it. So And this, I guess, point is very closely related to point two, which is living in Mala land. And for instance, if you have really big goals, like often we want to build a financial framework for ourselves, build wealth for ourselves, and we also want to do things for our children, but If we are, let's say, not really doing anything with our property and maybe working part-time, earning a minimum wage, then you're never going to get there. So you actually have to take some serious action in order to get the outcome you want. And I think often when we're quite emotional beings, as women we are, tend to be a little bit more emotional. We can also live in a universe where we're sort of hoping for things to work out without us having to do the things we need to do in order for them to work out. So it might mean that you do actually have to go and maybe work full-time in order to get serviceability to be able to buy property. Maybe you need to implement a budget to be able to save up enough money to be able to buy property or do whatever it is you want to do. So getting really clear on your outcome so that you can take the actions that are consistent 
with that particular goal. And the amazing thing that happens when you do that is that the world conspires to help you. So once you start taking the action, magic happens. Now, not in a la-la land way, but things start opening up for you. And the more you focus on what you want to get out of your life, the more things open up. And Michelle was saying the other day, she was reading something that was written by Jim Rohn, who is was quite a prolific personal development person. And what she said was that basically your list of goals will, if you show me your list of goals, I can tell you what your income is or what your income is going to be. So your list of goals and how top of mind they are is directly attributable to your income potential. So getting really clear about your goals and taking action that's consistent with those goals is what's going to make the difference. The other thing that I know is really, really important is being in touch with your reason for wanting that goal. So it's called your why. For anyone that hasn't read it, there's a book by Simon Sinek that says that's called Start With Why. And that's around your motivation for wanting to achieve it. And I really notice it amongst the women that we work with that I see that women that have a big audacious goal really do, and it doesn't seem like they're working harder, but they're just making smarter decisions about what they're doing. And it's obvious in their results that they have a highly motivating why. I was thinking about one of the women in our group who has a child or young adult child who she knows will never be in a position to have a well-paid job, like that's just not going to happen. And rather than have her feel the stress of that all her life, that her mum has is on a path to actually set up enough properties with the income for her daughter not to have to need to go and do a job that she hates so that she's able to live her best life. So that's an incredibly compelling reason and obviously is giving her the motivation to move forward. So please really get in touch with your why. You might think, yeah, I just don't want to go to work, But what is it that you're going to do instead of going to work? You might want to have connection with the people that you love. For me, it's been I want to have a flexible life. I don't actually want to not work because I love my job, but I want to have the flexibility to be able to be there for my family when they need me. And so tomorrow we're flying to Melbourne to spend time with our daughter who's had her first baby And so that's really important to me and that's why I work the way I do to give myself the ability to do that. And I hope that makes sense. Really love it. So the next one around taking action. Now, when this comes up, when things seem different, and I know this was something I heard a lot at the beginning of COVID, and it was, I'm not going to take any action because things are uncertain and I'm just going to wait and see. 
And I absolutely get that. But I guess I've been doing this for over 30 years and there's almost always been something that creates uncertainty. And so if you are determined to get where you want to go, you've got to be able to work with uncertainty. So it's not like I would think, okay, so I'm just going to go out and buy a property indiscriminately and not even worry about what's going on. So now we've got interest rates, the current thing, but it's more about, yes, waiting and seeing, but you're watching the market all the time because in those times is when opportunities arise and many people grow the bulk of their wealth during those times of uncertainty and perceived negativity. So try and flip it on its head and think, yes, things are changing, but what opportunities is that creating for me? So the next one I call the poverty mindset. Now, in renovating, a poverty mindset is very useful because in order to manage a budget, utilising a poverty mindset helps you to keep that budget tight. But there are times when it really trips you up and that's around getting the right advice, working with the right people who are going to get you to goal faster. And I often hear it around buyer's agents. So I've met with opposition to using a buyer's agent to source a property because you actually have to pay to use a buyer's agent, which can be counterproductive because if it takes you six months to find the property, so you finish a project and it takes you another six months to find the property, then you have actually lost six months' income potential. So where it may have cost you, say, 15000 to use a buyer's agent, but you sacrificed earning potential of 70000 then it just doesn't make sense. So keeping that poverty mindset for the times when it's going to serve you is really important. So the next one, now can I just jump in and say that I am probably guilty of every single one of these things at some point in my life. So don't think that I'm being holier than thou and just preaching like I'm a saint because I'm not. And this next one I am definitely guilty of, and that is sloppy project management. Okay, so I do notice it a bit if I'm asking someone if I can see their feasibility and there's not a feasibility to be viewed, then that's not good because that is really will trip you up because if you're going in and buying properties without feasibility. So sloppy project management, not programming your project so you don't, you're not aware of the time frame, that is particularly relevant when interest rates are going up. So we tend not to worry about interest rates too much because if you're in and out of the project quickly, that obviously you need to factor them into your budget and your feasibility, but they're not, it's unlikely that it will be a deal breaker, but it does mean that you need to be particularly time efficient in order to not pay any more than you need to. So not programming, not using a process for doing due diligence on your trades and then ending up with headaches as a result of it. So all of those sort of sloppy processes are tripping you up. So you're not making as much profit and yeah, it's blocking your the speed to which you get your results. So the next one is, it's called only the best will do mentality. 
Now, I have a relative who it doesn't matter what she buys, she always buys the most expensive. And um, this, so if I went and bought a computer, I'd probably spend about two and a half thousand for it. She would spend five. She just is a salesman's dream and she has this need to buy the absolute best. Now, I am not against buying quality, but when you are renovating, you need to be able to get good quality without spending all that money. And some renovators struggle with that. So they struggle, they have this mentality that the most expensive is the best. And so that makes managing a budget really, really hard. So if that's you, then you've got to really work on that. And how you deal with it is by, I guess, having a repertoire of products and things that you use. And it even boils down to consultants that are going to give you good value for money. So you still got quality, but it's consistent with the product. Now, if you've got a, let's say, a $4 million renovation, obviously you're going to spend a lot more on flooring than you will, or a kitchen, than if you've got a $750,000 renovation. So you've got to make it consistent with the property and it needs to work in your budget so you retain the profit. So the other one that's closely related to that, but on a different subject, is the need for perfection. Now, if you're a perfectionist, that does make everything more difficult. So it makes decision-making more difficult. And sometimes you just have to make a decision and move on, not spend days determining whether the choice you've made is the absolutely perfect choice. Now, having done two or three projects, you develop that as a basically a seventh sense. You have a mode of operating, you have a repertoire of products that you use, and even down to the colours and the style, so that becomes easier. But you really, if you know that you're a perfectionist, you really need to work on it because it will trip you up and it'll stop you from getting the results that you want. Now, once again, I'm going to qualify this and say it's not about doing crappy work. It's not about delivering an inferior product, but it is about staying in touch with reality and making the best decision you can with the information you have at the time and then moving on because time costs you as much as your choices do and the longer you spend procrastinating, it will negatively impact your project. So the next one is sweating the small stuff and that's usually around relationships. Like all uh, he said, she said, all this sort of stuff, particularly in joint ventures. I always say to our joint venture people that you really have to know that at some point in time in that project, you will probably not like one another very much. And I know that because I've done lots of them. And particularly if you're working on the project, you will start to feel like, you're doing more of the work and it's not fair and all that sort of thing. And my advice is always to get the project finished and then readjust for the next one because often it's about the pressure that you're under that's causing those feelings. But also if you decide to have conflict, 
mid project that nobody wins from that. So you want to just put it aside, move on, and then get it sorted out before you move into the next one. And the last one is the blame game. So I have actually seen this where renovators haven't got the outcome they wanted and have blamed, like, blame everyone but themselves. And I think you've got to realise that when you're in a project, really the buck stops with you. And in order to get a good outcome, you need to take control of the project, make sure that you look after your trades, make sure that you have conscientious project management. So you work to a budget, you work to a program, you've got your finger on the pulse. Sometimes things happen that you have no control over, but often it's, that's not the case. And yes, I've occasionally seen situations that really where someone like a specialist has got the plane for something that really wasn't their fault. And we've just got to be big people and move on. That's my 10 things. And as I said, it's a good list to flip on its head and turn it around to be a positive list. But sometimes we need to look at the negatives in order to be serious about taking action and making a shift to how you operate. Before I go, I just want to let you know that we are about to release the date. Well, I'm going to release it right now, actually, the date of She Renovates Live for 2022. And it's going to be on the 30th of October. It's going to be in that magnificent linseed room in the grounds of Alexandria. It's going to be an amazing day. So we want you to save the date and we will be releasing tickets shortly. So for Wonder Women, for Diamonds, know that the boardroom, your boardroom is the day before and I'll be sending you details of that in an email shortly this week. So that's it for me for today. I hope that is helpful and take care. If you want to meet up with a group of savvy renovating, I shouldn't say it's all women because it's not, savvy renovators I'll say, come over and join She Renovates. It's completely free Facebook group and it is growing at the rate of knots. We hit a thousand members just recently and now it seems to have picked up momentum. And so they are all savvy renovating women and men that are working their little hearts out to live a better life through renovating. Join if you're not already a member and then ask, comment and do whatever you would like to do in order to further your renovation journey. And that's it for me today. So I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.